Do you like working with your hands, or have you ever considered a career working in a refinery? The Applied Process Technology Program at Ashland Community and Technical College might be for you. After completing the APT program, students have multiple options to pursue as process technicians in general industry. Many of our graduates go to work in refineries or power plants. Multiple degree, diploma, and certificate options are available, and the program can be completed in two years by maintaining full-time status. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. For more information, visit ashland.kctcs.edu. Coming to you from Ashland Community and Technical College, this is From the Den. I'm your host, Scott Martin. Uh, this, I always say it's a special time. This really is a special time. I'm with Dr. Larry Ferguson. Uh, we go back a long way. I want to. I want to first read off because I couldn't memorize this. I tried. Okay. I tried. Okay. But but okay. So you obviously everyone knows you're president and CEO of Ashland Community and Technical College. Before that, you were in the system with KCTCS. Right. Right. You were the former vice president and acting chancellor. Before that, vice chancellor in economic development and workforce. That's true. Uh, yeah. So and then so I'm reading this and 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 you've had s- different positions here at ACTC, right? right? Uh, you taught in Charleston University, mm-hmm. of Charleston. That's a cool campus. Yeah, it is. Very by nice. The way. Very nice. Yeah, uh, wine and jazz things and shows like that are right on the river. That's, right. That's a cool place. Really nice. That's a cool place. Uh, you were president of is it Bevel? It's Bevel. It's Bevel. Bevel. And he was a former uh, legislator there in Alabama. That's what I was named. So that was, and that was the uh, state community college there. And that's, mm-hmm. that was kind of like this. Cause it had, it was like four, four separate campuses or five. It four. was, but the interesting thing about, uh, about Bevel state is it covered 4,500 square miles. So I had the state of Rhode Island for my service area, <laughs> and, and I really did spend a lot of time driving. But That's and it was uh, unique in that it was there were four campuses, but three of them had been standalone colleges, which okay. means they had had their own president, their own, but they had merged yeah. them together. So they pulled point. them all together. As yeah, one. a little bit bigger than Ashland, probably about forty five hundred students. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of the same concept. It was. We have, there, we have, but it was. We're not, it's a much quicker drive here. It, it is. It is. It and is. let me say this, and I'll say this a bunch. You're home, so yeah. I like that. Glad to be home. Um, doctorate of philosophy and educational leadership, specialized in e-learning from Trident University. Mm-hmm. Uh, Master of science degree in strategic leadership and a bachelor of science degree in organizational leadership. Both of those from Mountain State right. University. Right. And then here's my favorite, because this is when I, this is, this is when we knew, you know, when we, we first yeah, came to each other. Yeah, we first got to know each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah associate degree with focus on communication earned right here uh, at ACTC. I did. I did. Of course, then it was um, Ashland Community College. Yeah, ACC. And yeah. I took every class that uh, Bill Sadler, who's a former faculty oh, person here, taught. But they were all in communications, radio, TV yeah. kind of stuff. And, and those were great classes. Right. I loved his classes. Right. Cause, and, and it was in, in, in an earlier podcast with Warren Howard here. Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of ACTC is – uh, the people you see every day that we saw then, right? You know, so so Warren Howard was probably around here. Dale Queen, a little younger than us, but not a lot. Right. He's here. Rick Reif was here as you know, right. as a student and and bodyguard. <laughs> just, well, just, Dale, Dale and I were actually uh, we were students here together. Yeah. yeah so so, uh, so don't listen to anything he has to say about my time I, as a student. I, some of it was was 
was sketchy, but it most was, of it was, was sketchy. really, really it was good. Sketchy, yeah. yeah, it's like Warren and I were talking, and he reminded me when, when he got the position here, and a good friend of ours, uh, Danny Jones, said, I didn't know you could read, <laughs> which which is perfect. So, but but all this comes comes together here, and and it's uh, it's not only familiar, but it's family. Right. You know, it, it kind of always has been, right. right? Even when we were here, students. It was, you know, even when I uh, thought about applying for the job here as a presidency, my dad had gone here. He went to he yeah. went to college here as well, and so it was just it was. It's um, everybody here. It is like a family. Yeah. Um, but there's so much history steeped in our community and. And all of those things. I mean, we we've been here since uh, 1938, wow. long before you and I even yeah, existed. Yeah, yeah. But in any event, we are one of the oldest community colleges in Kentucky. This the um, it's around the same time that the one in Bowling Green came together, or actually in Paducah. So so let me ask this because at, at that point when we got to know you, you'd done TV because mm-hmm. you did children's. TV, I did yes, right? which was very very cool. And then we did radio. Right, lots of radio. Right, uh, and and those those were f- that's and that was back when those those gigs were fun. They were. I, I don't know that they're fun they, now, but they were. they were fun then. Right, they were fun then. So when did you know? When after after that, and and you know you got your associate's degree. When did you when did you know this was going to be your path? You're going to. I mean, or did you have that moment? Or did well, just- I had always had in uh, and actually it was my experience here um, at ACC then. Um, I'd always had in the back of my mind that maybe I would want to teach. Yeah. And uh, there was a former professor here. I loved him. Had him for English named Tom Alamein. Oh, Tom man. Love uh, Tom great, great guy. Um, and so he, he was kind of inspiring. You know, I thought maybe I would want to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, versus staying in, in, which I'd worked for you in radio. Right, and, right. and you mentioned TV. I'd done some television uh, before that. But uh, so I thought maybe I would want to do that. And so it evolved into... Actually, um, I was doing all these different things. It was a long and winding road. You know, yeah, with the Beatles which is good. That's but, good. But I ended up involving these things. Ended up getting into corporate training. So I worked with companies as diverse as Hooked on Phonics. You probably remember them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dell Computers. Yeah. Um, and because as you, you rattled off you know, my educational background, it was all in leadership development. Right. So I ended up doing all those things. And so that led to working for universities you know, right. at some point teaching right. um and then i was actually working for kdmc and i was in I leadership development there i do remember that do you remember that yeah, and remember so that. and a position came here and a former um a dean here called me and said you might be interested in this position and i applied and so i came here so i ended up so it was kind of like it wasn't like um some people you know mm-hmm. just to decide you, you want to do this right right you go and that's the path it, it sort of evolved but it yeah. was really i was always passionate about um Communications. Matter of fact, yeah. at first I thought I wanted to, to be like a speech professor. Yeah. Um, and then I had a speech like professor. A, like a J.B. Sowards. Like a J.B. Sowards, which okay. I had him for class. Yeah, believe it or not. he was great. Uh, he but, was great. But anyway, um, uh, I thought about doing that, and I had a, another speech teacher who was here, and he basically said, "Just Im-, he said, you'd like to communicate? And I said, yes. He said, just imagine listening to bad communications all day long. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he got it. Oh, oh, wow. And so I don't know if that's true or not. We could ask Dale Queen, but um, I... <laughs> Uh, but uh, it was uh, kind of helped make that decision. Well, you know, here's the thing, um, and, and and higher education has changed in a lot of ways. Hasn't changed in some ways. When I was talking to Warren, you know, he's he's all about the first year experience. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that. We had Mr. Bailey. Right. He's still here, right? right? He's still here. That yeah, is, still. and that is so cool. Yeah, we had him, and you know, we, we could talk to JB. We could talk to Bill Sadler. We could talk to Tom Alamein, right? Or, or, or Ernie Tucker. I remember standing in the hallway talking. 
to your professors, and I'm sure that still goes on. Right. But but I I, I have to believe in in the in the grand scheme of things, it's changed because you're making that experience uh, better for the students. As they, there's there's someone to do that now. Can you picture yourself in an office setting, collaborating with a team to solve business problems? The Business Administration Program at Ashland Community and Technical College can help you get there. Students can earn a degree in accounting or management, and multiple other diploma and certificate options are available. The Business Administration Program offers a variety of choices for people preparing for new careers in the business industry or looking for job advancement. The program can be completed in just two years. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. For more information, visit ashland.kctcs.edu. Well, I like to say, like the time when we were in community college, yeah, it was the worst first-year experience. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> different. people don't realize, I mean, how uh, much more, and I say customer, the, the student being the customer. Right how much more friendly and open we are with that. Right. I mean, you probably remember, uh, you know, you would stand in line for hours to get your classes. Sure. You might get to the end, and you would see Jesse Silver, who's also still here, and Jesse oh, wow. would say, uh, well, you know, they're all full. We'll yeah, go back and start full. over again. Yeah. And so it was just a totally different time, and that was, that was you know, where education has evolved. Yeah. And I guess the expectations from the customer, which are students for us, um, just just changed. But, uh, but Warren's on the right path. Also, all those supports are there. You know, we didn't really have, um, we had some really great faculty, but the supports weren't really there. You had you right. to figure it out. I mean, you just like, go figure it out, you know. Yeah. So I remember, um, and I'll tell this to people, I mean, textbooks are expensive now. Believe it or not, textbooks have come down significantly. Oh, yeah. For our students. But, you know, back when we were there, I remember one textbook I honestly couldn't afford. I was like $300, you know, for right, this textbook. Right. That was my tuition for the entire semester. Right, right. And so I would go to the library. The library had a couple of these textbooks, and some of my classmates would stand in line making copies of chapters that we were supposed to so read, we were supposed to do these things with because we couldn't afford uh, to buy the textbook. So uh, things have changed. I yeah. think, honestly, I think it's probably a much less pain-filled process now than it was then to do yeah. all that stuff. Because there were parts of it we still needed, and, and Warren and I talked about this, and I think Dale and I did as well. There were parts of it you still wanted that that comfort of what was the high school experience or mm -hmm. where you had come from. Right. I don't recall that there were as many um, non-traditional students then. I'm glad there are now, and I'm sure there were, but... They weren't in my sphere. No, you know? you're right. Um, at that time, it would have been what we call, you know, traditional age students, you know, right. 18 to 24. And uh, most, most of them, because, you know, if you know our history, we were a part of the University of Kentucky. Right. So a lot of people came here, and their intent was to transfer to UK. Right. I mean, that was their right. intent. That was so the really, and this is before our merger with the technical college, so the only thing we had even close to technical at that time was, uh, of course, uh, our nursing program. And you mm -hmm. could argue, is it technical, is it not? But otherwise, we didn't have any of those programs right. we had today. So it really was transfer. It was all younger students. You know, the funny thing is, Scott, when I first came to this college, early 2000s, when I worked here the first time, um, our average student was 27 years old and female, working a part-time job, and had a kid. That has wow. changed. We've actually reverted more back to what you remember probably as a student here in that we, they're closer more to the traditional age. Okay. And we don't have as many adults now. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the economy because they can go to work, and so sure. they don't necessarily uh, want to come back to school. But it's it's interesting how those things have changed. And, and I have to believe part of that, too, could be because of the technical side of things because you're coming out of school and, you know, and – 
college is great. Right. I, I love college. Right. But but a technical training, a, a trade might be your deal and you can get that here. Right. You know, so so maybe that's why the numbers are, are skewed down a little younger uh, as well because they're coming out of I they, don't know. Maybe. They are. They are. Uh, you know, with our technical programs, you know, welding's a good example. We right. virtually do that training. Well, it's face-to-face, but, of course, you know, 24 hours a day. Right. So, But students can come here and in a short amount of time finish a lot of those programs and earn uh, exponentially a lot more than we did at that age, right. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, especially working in radio, right? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But in yeah. any event, yeah, they can earn really um, our welding students, um, machine tool. You just go down the list, they can earn a significant amount coming out. And so I think it does track those. They're kind of, the kids are preparing themselves. They get out of high school. Sure. They go that route. And they may not even be here for, for a degree. Right, just be a certificate just to learn, yeah, or a diploma. I mean, so it could be a lot of things. Uh, it's funny. One thing that's really booming right now is CDL. There's such a shortage for CDL drivers. Wow, we, we do that in a month, you know. So I, I remember when you had when the first truck because I look well, we live right. out that direction. Right. So I saw the first truck, then the second. Now there's a third truck. So you guys really are cranking out uh, CDL. Uh, I mean, and that's a valuable position and a great commodity around here is, is well, to find somebody. Yeah, and what's that. happened is I don't. I know when I was in, um, John McGlone, who used to work here for many mm-hmm. years, you know John, he was the marketing and, and PR guy here, and John wanted, when he was in high school, to go into auto body. He wanted to eventually open his own mm-hmm. auto body. Well, they discouraged him from doing that. That was not something he, you know, ah, John, you're too smart for that. That's what they yeah, think. Well, and, yeah. So he didn't do it. He went a totally different route, one more uh, matching what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were back then, there weren't a lot of opportunities in a lot of those those skilled trade areas. There were, but they were, they were taken by the baby boomers because yeah. you had so many, and they're three times as many folks in that generation as in ours. Sure. So, you know, I had a cousin who did welding in high school, went to the vocational school he couldn't get a job as a, as a welder he never did work as a welder because when he came out same wow. age i was all those jobs were full you know yeah. it was really hard to get those kind of jobs but it's, it's kind of what we talked about before we started the podcast as we were coming up and and warren and i talked about this right. and, and just having the same conversations uh, a lot of a lot of the job search was you went to where your dad worked. You went to where your mom worked, right. or where your uncle was, or whatever. Because someone got you in. You got in. Right. You got a great job. You're making good money right out of school. That's those are those are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. The um, you know the the they call, call it actually the social contract of what people used to have with their employer. Mm-hmm. You come out. You may be doing the same thing your parents did, and you would stay there forever. Like my dad, you know, thirty some years at Ashland Oil. Sure. But but you're right. Those jobs don't really exist anymore and right. uh it's funny you probably can remember this because i know you've employed a lot of people where you used to look at if they weren't at a job you know for at least five years you're like oh there's something yeah. wrong with this yeah job. that that no longer is even a part of it because we look at lots of people they've been there 18 months two years well they got some experience yeah it's just totally changed you're right and that, there's there's no remember that used to be the that used kind to be of a red rule. flag that was and kind now of a red flag like, you're right that never comes up because there's so many younger people uh, particularly uh, millennials, mm-hmm. um, who they you know they go for a job for a couple of years, they get some experience, they move on. So there's just not that contract anymore where they would work there for the rest of their lives. Right, it just doesn't happen. Um, I, I can't really think of now KDMC, who's our biggest employer. We probably have many folks who've been there most of their careers, um, but for most of, most places, that's not the case. The criminal justice program at Ashland Community and Technical College prepares students for police, corrections, or security careers. There are job opportunities at the local, state, and federal levels. Multiple degree, diploma, and certificate options are available, and the program can be completed in just two years. Financial aid is available for those who qualify. 
For more information, visit ashland.kctcs.edu. You know, and, and you touch on KDMC, an important part of this campus and, and the, the technology campus on, on Technology Drive is, is really how you all uh, help with the workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as we find companies that want to come in here, you all build the programs they need to train their, their employees. And I know you do that for a lot, but uh, like with the health services, healthcare, you know, out on Roberts Drive and, and everywhere, you have, you have lots attuned well, to um, different... Well, uh, it's really pretty simple if, if we look at the industry sectors that support this region. So, you know, um, I, I joke that st- I've never had a student come to me and say, you know, I'm here for intellectual enlightenment. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um, if I, we were at Stanford, maybe, <laughs> I don't said, know. We said that. No, no we, we said no, that. No, no, uh, no, but, no. but they're here for us to get a job. So if you look at the industry sectors that this region supports, uh, the biggest one for us is healthcare. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of unique, you know. The, that's not true for Lexington. I mean, right. it's true for us. Healthcare is the biggest one. They're the biggest employer, KDMC. But there's so many others that are involved in that mix. Mm-hmm. And then skilled trades, which we do out there on Tech Drive, as you're aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's those are the biggest sectors that we deal with. But we have made a lot of efforts to really grow in those allied health areas. Um, we have just starting in January, uh, radiology technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have medical assisting. We've added, you mentioned Roberts Drive. We added ECG not too long ago. Uh, we're, we're really the largest uh, developer of talent for the healthcare workforce really in this area. Oh, you because are. Because we have so many that are coming out. There are other schools, of course, for nursing. Right. Um, but we crank out the biggest numbers. And, and that makes you, I mean, you're a vital part in economic development of, of a community, of a region. Right. B- because they need to know, you know, if someone's thinking about uh, either starting uh, uh, some kind of industrial endeavor or any kind of endeavor here or, or as we call it now, kind of reshoring. They, they might be from a, a different state or from Canada. They want to come to this region. They need to know that we have you guys. Um, they, and that's, that's important. It, that comes up a lot. Um, I'm currently on the, the Action Alliance board, but uh, you know that my experience with the state, mm-hmm. I've had quite a bit of experience in economic development. Uh, fortunate to have that, but One of the things that comes up continuously, I mean continuously, is uh, the need for workforce. And this is not new. It's not new. Um, There's something called Site Selector Magazine. You can look it up. Every year they poll CEOs, presidents of companies, you know, what's it going to take for you to expand or, or to go into a new area? For years, one of the top one, two, or three things has been workforce. We, we, mm-hmm. need, we need the workforce to do that. So we're lucky here in Ashland that we have ACTC and our other partners, Ohio University Southern, Marshall, um, you know, Shawnee. We're pretty fortunate that we have a way to develop that workforce that, right. that, that the future is going to need. And we try to be, all of us do, not just ACTC, but try to be strategic in what we're doing so that we're benefiting the student they're going to be able to go to work but also that they're looking for what the workforce needs as well right and so for us healthcare has been a, a the biggest focus as of late because of just the, the rampant need i know your wife's in healthcare it's right. it's just there's so much need they, yeah. we cannot meet the demands we're working even on some other new programs they're they're expensive to start um but uh trying to get things you know going to support all of that but but yeah, that's uh, a big part of it. You, you mentioned other schools. It, it seems in, like we were here. You, know, right. you went to ACC, and then you went to UK. In my case, I went to Marshall because right. I had, you know, had a day job, right. so, so I had to work. But it, it, how important, and it seems to me, uh, I could probably answer this, but how important is it to have great relationships with all the other um, 
higher education facilities. It, in, in it honestly, it is critical. Um, and actually, part of our strategic plan, one of our uh, three tenants in our strategic plan now is partners. And of course, mm-hmm. they're included in that. So we work very closely with the folks I just mentioned, Ohio University Southern and Shawnee and Marshall, MSU, which we have right on campus. They right, teach classes right. on our campus, um, have a great relationship with them. Um, but it's really all about supporting that student. So when they do make that transition, they transfer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't open your email here without some sort of transfer uh, event or happening going on here every single day or week. Um, And that's done. Uh, Megan Horn and her team work a lot on that, as do others in student services. But really trying to facilitate those relationships. Another important relationship, uh, Scott, related to that statement, is our relationships with our K-12 partners. Right. And they're critical because more and more, uh, like when we were here, Mm -hmm. they didn't do dual credit. I mean, I had a friend who, he's a doctor now. He took a few classes here while we were in high school, yeah. but he just paid and he took classes. Yeah, right. There Had were some people like that did that, that but there right. weren't many. Right. Uh, now with dual credit, I mean, it's a significant part of our enrollment. So, like Holy Family. Is yeah. That what you're, what well, the, the Holy Family is really uh, called uh, dual enrollment because they're that, that's a collegiate high school. So they're actually here. My daughter's part of that, as you know. Right, right. But, you know, they're juniors and seniors. They're getting credit for what they have to do to fulfill their high school requirements and picking up an associate degree. And we've had quite a few students do that. So they graduate. Like my daughter will graduate at 17, and she'll have her high school diploma from Holy Family, but she'll also have um, uh, an associate degree. I think that is – I just think that's fantastic. That That is, is such a head start and and – pushes them that much. I, I just think that's a great program. When that, well, it when that is, came about, as a parent, was, wow. as a parent, um, we only pay, the state, you know, controls this, but mm-hmm. we only pay 50% of the tuition costs. So for mom and dad, which is expensive to send the, your kid off to UK, very expensive, sure. you know, you can get that first couple of years, a lot of it, even while they're in high school, doing this dual credit. Mm-hmm. So it is um, uh, a really good opportunity for those students. Plus, we've had students who never really thought they were college-ready students. And then right. they get in, they're still at the high school, but they're taking a dual-credit class. It's all the same requirements as if they were on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, then they realize, well, maybe I can do this. I took right. a class. I, I did okay. And, you know, maybe I can do this. And so that's also, too, trying to encourage more of our, of just the population to, to seek out some higher education. Well, and, and it seems it, not everyone matures at the same level. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps that a lot. That fosters that. Right. So... All right, so let's shift gears a little bit here. Um, you, you, you were in Alabama for a while. Right. You were in Versailles, beautiful, beautiful right. area. Yeah, and now we got you back home. And, right. and I can just, I can go on for days and days how thrilled I am. When I found out you were coming back, it was just, uh, be, because we have a friendship, but beyond that, right. this region needed you back. Right. And and nothing against what was going on here. There's been a lot of great presidents come through here. I, you have to, as you walk through here from time to time, and I know there are a lot of them, but I I, I still see Bob Goodpasture as right. I'm walking across, you know, heading for the for the front door. Uh, you had to be happy you're you're coming back home. Well, it was it was really um, for me. Um, it was it was something I was passionate about. I mean, yeah. this is where. I don't know if I hadn't gone to ACC then, ACTC now, you know, what I would have done. I sure. really, really had in my mind, um, which is why I got in radio, it was like, I want to work in broadcasting. So, sure. And folks like uh, Charlie Dunlap told me, don't get no. a degree, you know, what waste your time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, uh, you know, so it's like, I was kind of torn and I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, and this place really helped me uh, broaden my horizons about yeah. what I could do. And so uh, it was just uh, such a great opportunity to do that. But coming back here was such a passionate thing because yeah, yeah. of these storied halls and all of this. And to be honest, folks don't realize 
where I was at at the system office, it was a lateral move. Yeah. So there are people who even question me. It's like, why do you, would you want to yeah, go why back? You why do you want to go back to Little Ashland? You know, I live a mile at that time point. I lived a mile from Keeneland. You know, and and they're like, what's what's that? Yeah. And it's like, but it's it was important to me, and I really had a lot of respect for uh, for Kay Atkins, the former president here. She'd done a great job, Greg Atkins before her, and I was like, this. I just I was just so elated at the opportunity to come home yeah. and, and try to give back, and hopefully. Uh, move us forward, at least, you know, for the period of time that I'm here. Uh, you're doing it. And I, I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll pick you up over in the Keeneland any day you want to go. Right. <laughs> just so you still have, but Because that area, you know, I, I can remember when you'd post pictures. That, it's right. just beautiful. Uh, it's it, beautiful here, but it is a different beauty around It is a, a beautiful area. Yeah. And my wife and daughter really loved it there, too. Uh, we did there a couple of times because in between the times right, I was right, in Alabama right. for a few years. Good stuff. And, and we both have daughters that uh, the equine uh, – Fever has has gotten a hold of them, and, and that's good. That's good. It yeah. is good. Very expensive, but good. Expensive and nerve-wracking, <laughs> and horses know they can play me pretty much like a fiddle. Right. I'm that right. guy that the horse looks at and goes, ah, he's nervous. And I'm gonna you know, the funny play. thing is the two of us, because uh, we knew each other when we were much younger, yeah. I would have never picked the two of us of having daughters with horses. I no, just don't no. think that would have If someone would have told me 25 years ago, you're going to have horses, and you're probably going to have goats in your backyard, I would have gone, <laughs> Man, you have, it's like you have, that is you have not, lost your mind. That is not going to happen. Well, we've got to do this more often, and we, and we need to do that because, as, as we've just seen, education changes. Things yes. change, and it's not it's not every decade. It's 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 probably not even every year. It's probably every month. Right. And and there's there are great things going on here at ACTC, uh, and and under your leadership, man, we we uh, well, we're, you're too we're kind. In a great we've place. got we've just got great people here, and that's what it makes is. this place work. Thanks for being there. Right, well, thank you. Thanks, good, thanks so for being on the show. This just just a great time. It's been on like old old home week, and uh, and we didn't even get into it. I have to mention is he had the coolest car. He had the James. <laughs> if you're a Rockford file fan, and if you're not, go look it up. He had this James Garner was seventy five Firebird, seventy four Formula Firebird, and uh, that gold color. Oh, man, I like to have that car back. Yeah. I, I, and we know where it is. It's not out of the question. We can make a late night run. It, it's uh, it's been just a great time, and uh, you know I think if you like it, brother. Uh, thanks for joining us here today. Be sure to follow us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Martin. I'm with Dr. Larry Ferguson, and this has been from the Den.